to Is My Board Ready Yet? My name is Jason Andre, and I'll be taking you into the sheds of local and legendary surfboard shapers from around the world. We'll be talking foam, fins, and folklore, so put on your dust mask, and please stop asking. Hey, is my uh, board ready yet? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the prologue for Is My Board Ready Yet? If you would like to skip ahead to episode number one with Scott Busby and In the Eye Surfboards, please do so now. I won't be offended. But if you want to know a little bit about who I am and my background and how this all started, then please feel free to stick around. And if not, then hopefully we'll see you in the water. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me on what is hopefully the first of many episodes of Is My Board Ready Yet? My name is Jason Andre, and I grew up in the Outer Banks of North Carolina on Hatteras Island. I moved there from Chicago when I was about eight years old, and I was immediately thrust into the island ocean lifestyle. We had been vacationing there since before I was even born. So I was very familiar with the place and with the ocean and very fond of it couldn't really stay out of the water. I was also extremely fortunate due to the fact that we moved there because my parents took over the Cape Pines Motel in Buxton. And right next door was Natural Art Surf Shop. So from a very early age, that's where I hung out. That's where I walked in and bought my very first surfboard after working all summer as a middle school kid. That's where I ended up working towards the end of high school and into college. And that's ultimately where I shaped my very first surfboard after spending time in the factory and spending time in the shaping shed with the legendary Scott Busby. So growing up there in Hatteras Island, I was having my boards custom made from the time I pretty much first set foot on a surfboard. What's really special about that is you were riding boards from a local guy who surfed the same waves you did, made boards for those waves, and watched you as you were growing in your surfing and grew your boards with you. And I don't know that that happens that much anymore. If it does, it's probably pretty rare. And the guys that are getting custom boards are the pros, and they have those unique relationships with their shapers. But the boards that they're making them are for them and to surf the way that they want to surf, which doesn't apply to most of us mortal human surfers. So you end up having people, kids, whoever, buying boards off the racks that don't necessarily fit their surfing or the waves that they're surfing, and they're left to kind of figure that out. On the flip side, you can ride the actual boards that your favorite pro surfers are riding, which is really cool. But unfortunately, I feel like I see people riding those boards sometimes, and This is obviously very subjective. It doesn't look like it's the best board that fits their ability level or style or the waves that they're riding. And I see that also lead to frustration. So I feel like it's kind of warranted, but it can be really challenging to find a good local shaper these days because they've kind of been put on the back burner by the ability to get a Channel Island surfboard or a JS or a Rusty or, you know, one of these big name brands but there's a few of them still out there. All of that to say, I look back on my childhood and development as a surfer as a really special time because 
it really helped develop my appreciation for the board building process. And I learned my equipment and I learned what worked, what didn't work. And I've carried that with me pretty much my whole life. And it's really led me to some cool places. It's fostered an appreciation for surfing that I don't think that I would have otherwise. And an appreciation for trying new surf craft, for shaping my own surf craft and writing things that I don't think I ever would have otherwise. So what does any of that have to do with this podcast? What is this podcast? Why are we here? What is this all about? Well, I guess it was around 2001 that I spent a semester abroad in Newcastle, Australia at the University of Newcastle. And when I finished that up, I went down to Sydney and stayed with a friend of mine. And he had a 5.8 Keo twin fin swallowtail fish. And for anyone in Australia, they know the Keo name pretty well. It goes back a long ways and it kind of got revived in early 2000 and this board was so fast in small surf and so loose and so much fun and I'd never ridden anything like it before. So I was frothing, I was stoked and I drew out a template, I stuck it in my board bag, dragged it home and when I got home, I don't remember exactly how it worked out but I went to my local shaper, Scott Busby and I told him about this board and he's nodding his head and kind of smiling like, yeah, I know about fishes. We've had those for a long time. And I don't remember exactly how it happened if I just asked or if he suggested it. But suddenly I found myself in his temple, aka the shaping shed, with a planer in my hand and he showed me a couple things and said, you can always remove more foam, but you can't put it back. And he walked out. And so I shaped my first surfboard that day and actually put a round tail on it to uh, tighten it up a little bit, and I still have that board. I probably only made about 10 boards over the course of the next 10 years. A couple for myself, uh, one for my dad, a couple for my friends. And years later, I remember going to a little local theater here in Wilmington and seeing the film The Present. And that film completely blew my mind watching these Aussies fly down the line on these finless, rockerless planks of wood. From that point, my buddy Richard down in South Carolina with grasshopper surfboards made me one, but he didn't really know what he was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. But every session I had on that board, I would have one really cool experience or one really good wave like a rainbow would pop up or a dolphin would pop up and that, you know, happens anyway. But I was like, man, it's this board. It's so magical. And from that point, I started kind of reshaping it and putting some curves into it and looking into what the Wagners were doing down in Australia until there was not really enough material left to work with. And then I was like, all right, I need to get some polonia wood and start making these things myself. And that was the second era of my shaping career, if that's what you want to call it. And then about five or six Elias later, I had ridden them for an entire year. I never picked up a normal surfboard. 
for a whole year and ended up leaving one down in Costa Rica and leaving one in the British Virgin Islands and Tortola. And those things still pop up every now and then. But after about a year of feeling like I, I finally figured them out and figured out what they worked really well in and got drawn back to just riding regular surfboards again. Although I always had them and pulled them out from time to time when the surf warranted it. But it was a long time before I was interested in shaping again. And that only just happened recently when I happened to put my hands on another Australian shapers board. I found a Maurice Cole reverse V twin pin. And I haven't stopped riding that board for almost nine months. It was way bigger than anything that I had ever ridden before. It's a 6.5. I had no consciousness of the mid-length revolution that was happening or Torin Martin or anything like that. I was coming off a back injury on the back of a sprained ankle injury. So I'd put on a little bit of weight and I was surfing waves they weren't necessarily very big, but uh, required a lot of paddling. And this board just felt like it was going to work. And it did. Once again, my perspective on surfboard design shifted. And maybe that's just because I'm getting older and fatter and <laughs> having some sort of uh, midlife surfing crisis. Or maybe it's just I've ridden the same six foot thruster my whole life and I just want it to feel something different, get weird with it, whatever it is. And that essentially led me to wanting to create a smaller version of that 6.5. And so I started talking to some of my shaping friends and found some foam and ended up carving out a couple boards. And then I looked under my workbench in my garage and found some of my old Polonia and I pulled that out and I shaped an Elia. And um, it's in the last few months that all this has kind of happened. So I'm really enjoying the conversations that I'm having and have reignited with my friends and fellow shapers and guys like Scott and talking about foam and fin placement and have even gotten into laminating. So it's been pretty fun. All of this has inspired me to start reaching out to other shapers, people that I've never met, some that I knew from times past and just really explore all the diversity in the shaping world not to mention guys that are out there making their own fins and so possibly inspire people to really start talking to their shapers, find a local shaper, maybe even try your hand at shaping your own board because you will never form a greater appreciation for your surfboards than by actually giving a go at the whole process. There's an infinite amount of design and thought and creativity and talent that goes into making each and every surfboard. But there's also a lot of magic that goes into it, and hopefully we capture some of that with some of the interviews that we do. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with old friends and shaping friends and meeting new ones and hopefully inspiring other people to just form a better relationship with their boards and with their shapers and the waves that they're riding on them and maybe try something new and unique, know what to ask for in a design and have something personalized made for them. Surfing and surfboard shaping have shaped a large part of who I am. And so for me, this is really exciting and I hope you get stoked as well and hope to see you in the water.
uh, board ready yet? 